Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Greetings. Hello there from Southern California. This is episode 68 of 15 minutes of genius. Sometimes 17 minutes, sometimes 14 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, but we still call it 15 minutes of genius. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we are broadcasting, not live, it's taped, but you probably think it's live, from Manhattan Beach Studios. And I uh, just want to give a big plug first to Mark Nicholas, Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. He's providing all the uh, editing, the photos, the videos, the cool backdrop. This is all him. He's an awesome guy. So we have a great guest on our show. Uh, this is uh, definitely a couple months in the works. We've had, I've had to reschedule because I was traveling and uh, she's been super flexible. And uh, finally we have her on the show. It's an honor to have her here. She is a legend in, this, in the uh, food and beverage CPG space and uh, now running a really great growing emerging company, actually beyond emerged, now they're established. So uh, Alexandra Galindez, she is the CEO of Roar Beverage Company. A little bit about her, I'm doing everything on my phone now. Who uses paper anymore, right? So uh, she is a category leading executive with 20 plus years of brand building experience. She's part of the United States launch of Red Bull and Glasso, Vitamin Water, Smart Water, which sold to Coke. Most recently, general manager of Blueprint Cold Pressed Beverages, which sold to Haines Celestial. You can see the pattern here. There are, all these brands are being acquired. Chief executive officer at Runa, and now executive, now as I mentioned, CEO of Roar Beverages. She's a high impact leader and digital transformation advocate. Alexandra, how's it going? It's going really well. It's so strange to hear your own bio. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad to be on and so glad to meet you finally. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, again, uh, been hearing about your brand for uh, going on, at least for me, at least since I got into the space seven years ago. Roar has been around for eight years. So uh, it seems to be everywhere I go, whether it's like, you know, you know, Vons, uh, you know, you know, Albertsons. Uh, I've seen it at Costco. So I really want to dig into I want to go into your story. Right. It's, it's it's the tempting thing to do is talk about Roar. Right. Because it's such a it's such a, you know, just a established brand in a lot of stores. But I want to hear like, your story because you've worked with some great companies before that have been acquired and you have a lot of experience in this space. I think the entrepreneurs that listen to our episodes or watch our episodes, um, they want to learn more about how to run a company, some strategies. So just tell us, um, you know, your experience and also maybe just some tips for, you know, those CEOs and owners out there that are running companies that are emerging and small and how to really scale effectively. So tell us more some trade secrets that you can share. Sure. Well, when I started my beverage career at the age of 12 um, at Red Bull, because I'm now, you know, 25, um, <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, so I started at Red Bull as a field marketer. And um, I think one of the things that I learned very, very early on was the importance of just, you know, having a direct dialogue with your consumer. So one of the things um, that I just 
you know, I learned early in my career was to get very quick feedback when you're rolling something out or when you're launching something and launch it in a small scale before you kind of fail big. And although Red Bull was kind of tried um, and true on the European side of, you know, the world, um, it was actually new when I start when I when I worked there, it was just launching in the U.S. Um, there was, you know, certainly some taboo around um, the energy drink category that it was establishing. Um, there was no energy drink category when Red Bull arrived, and um, you know there was a positioning statement that, in essence, had been pulled from the European markets that served as a playbook. And we were um, able to get out in the field very quickly, talk to consumers, talk to grocery managers, distributors, um, and get early feedback. And uh, we ended up just fine-tuning uh, the, the message and the positioning uh, really, really early on uh, versus you know going out and getting ourselves into distribution only to find out that we might have to like make some tweaks you know, to the brand message and all of that. So I think early on, I just had this appreciation. And I think a lot of founders do this really well. But an appreciation for the one-on-one -on -one feedback that you get from just being out in the marketplace, whether it's sampling or, you know, doing your own demos. I still to this very day, many, many years later, um, will, you know, go and do the store visits, um, demo uh, when possible pre-pandemic, uh, just to make sure I never really lose sight of how people are feeling about my brands, my ingredients, um, you know, and, and the way that I'm talking about them. So um, I'd say, you know, just kind of dial into the one-on-one -on -one feedback from the stakeholders that are really important to you. That was an early lesson um, at Red Bull. And then vi at Vitamin Water um, also, you know, came in early. The, you know, Vitamin Water wasn't available anywhere when I actually joined. Um, it had just established itself in the Northeast, but uh, the uh, so Southeast of the country was in incredibly new. And um, in the marketing role that I was in, I was able to uh, basically work hand in hand with my sales uh, leadership. And on many occasions, they just kind of turned me loose and had me pitch to pretty you know, big buyers that I was petrified of. Um, but you know, during those early days, getting that exposure at like you know, 20 years old or, or 20, you know, 28, 29 years old, you know, sitting across from the public spire at that age, and they're asking you questions about, you know, your data, units per store per week. I was like, what is that? Um, you know, and having that early exposure to uh, the buying uh, network was, was very helpful in terms of helping me to prepare, you know, presentations and prepare myself for what a buyer needs to see in order to consider whether or not they're going to bring your, your brand in. Um, so I'd say, you know, getting in front of um, not just consumers, but in front of the buying community also really, really important and, er you know, do it early on so that you can craft your selling story in a way that they see a benefit. And, and you know, we know with buyers, it's often, you know, how are you going to be accretive to my category? Um, what is the different type of consumer that you're bringing in that I don't already have? Obviously, margin is a, um, a consideration, but just kind of shifting, you know, your story so that you are delivering on what they need to see in your presentation versus just telling them all about yourself. So um, again, very, very lucky to early have, you know, the listening skill um, 
adapted uh, so that I could, you know, kind of listen to what they were looking for and then craft my selling stories that way. Um, so I'd say those are two things, just, you know, always having my ear to the ground. And it's something that no matter how much I progress from a career perspective, my favorite, my happy place is in the field. Um, you know, a, a blitz, like, please call me. I want to I want to be out there and I want to do the route rides and, and never losing, you know, sight of that, you know, real feedback that you get is something that, you know, I, I feel mm -hmm. has really shaped me and I'll never let it go. Yeah, it's a really, really, uh, this is legendary feedback and insights right now. Like I was actually taking notes when the camera was on you. Like, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let me just take some notes here while she's, because like, yeah. it's really amazing. We've, we've had a lot of in the past and also present partners. We actually hired a territory sales manager for Southern California that, um, his name is, uh, I'll say his first name, Julio. Uh, I'll leave him anonymous. But he's an awesome guy, super energetic. And he was with uh, Red Bull North America for several years. And he's told me so many stories about when Red Bull first started, no one knew what the hell it was. No one, yeah. at first, no one was buying it, right? At first, like when it first landed here. And then you said there were some tweaks that were done, some marketing tweaks. Um, and then also probably a lot of good feedback in the field to make to position the product in a way to where it could actually get, you know, where people could actually go in and buy it and recognize it in the store. He was telling me stories where like at first they were like giving it away to try to get people to, yeah. to put it on their shelf. And then eventually the tables turned when the energy drink category just started really taking off. And then now people are demanding it. So it's it's right. interesting to see like the progression of going from unknown to you know unknown giving it away to known and high in demand and people are paying three four or five dollars per can and they're crushing that can within like you know one minute so it's a really really cool story uh from the beginnings launching and becoming successful so what do you think what was the key ingredient beyond i just want to dig in a little more to that you know in the red bull story or the vitamin water story what was the tipping point where it went from a brand that was really new and nowhere to something that became like a household name like how did it where was the tipping point and how did that happen with these with these iconic brands yeah um so it's funny that you mentioned that we couldn't give it away fast enough and um as soon as it was in demand we had an intentional creation of scarcity so um and and i remember you know as a field marketing manager um we would create this uh feeling that there wasn't enough so we would show up at events and have only a couple of cases and then that would just kind of get people talking so that was obviously phase two because phase one you're, you're right we couldn't pay anybody <laughs> to actually drink a red bull but the creation of that scarcity was also a strategy right because we had plenty of product we just you know didn't want anybody to know that um because then the word of mouth and this like desire which you know is i guess um, an intentional desire that we were creating um, was what was actually generating even a higher demand. But as far as, you know, when the tipping point happened, um, I'd say definitely for Red Bull, um, we started in the on-premise and at the time I was actually living in Miami, Florida. So 
Um, our go-to-market strategy was um, primarily we would start, we would kick off in the on-premise with, you know, bars and restaurants, and then we would surround the um, on-premise locations with, you know, local convenience stores and um, local grocery stores. I would say the tipping point was when we got into the convenience channel. That's when we knew that we had a product that people would pay a pre premium dollar for, because all we kept hearing was nobody is going to pay at that time. Time, it was a dollar ninety nine, a dollar ninety nine for an eight ounce can, and that was specific to the convenience channel because it was a different type of consumer that was going in. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, of workers, a lot of people who were, you know physically actively working and we just kept hearing there's no way you'll make it in convenience because no one's going to pay a dollar 99 in this channel it turned out to be and still is today you know the biggest channel for energy because where there is function people will pay and nobody needs the function more than the people who go into convenience um so that is when i knew that there was something magical in this can that people would be willing to pay premium dollar for yeah, it's such it's such an amazing story. It's like so inspiring because like when you go in, you go into any 7-Eleven, any convenience store, any gas station, you know, I think there's what, 60,000 of them at least uh, nationwide. Yep. Not back then. Not back, back, back then, then <laughs> probably maybe 5,000 or something. Who knows? But yeah. but like you see so many doors now that are dedicated to uh, to energy drinks. And I think this is a to me, like the message that I'm sharing with just our viewers is never let someone tell you that you can't do it or never let someone tell you that it's not going to work. This is a freaking amazing case in point, which is the biggest energy drink, energy drink company in the world, right? Uh, they were able to make it work, achieve massive sales, and then eventually sell it. So that that is a great case, which is never give up on your dreams if you have conviction that it's going to work and you think it's going to work and it's, you say, and it's in your gut go for it push hard and make it happen red bull pushed hard they made it happen so what else so let's go to roar okay so because uh yes. you know, this is another another case in point where this is a uh, kind of a low sugar low calorie eight years ago uh that category was not really alive and well yet i know there's hint and other you know drinks but roar is different tell us more about what makes you guys different when you entered the market eight years ago, what was the climate and then what's the climate today? Yeah, so um, Roar has definitely evolved. Um, when Roar was first um, brought out into the market, it was probably more of a sports drink um, than it is uh, today. So today it's an all day drink and we've uh, made some changes to the formulation to uh, make sure that it's a solution that people can find themselves you know, drinking all day. But initially, even the statement of identity um, said electrolyte infusion. Um, so kind of developed to compete more with Gatorade and Powerade. Um, and the need at the time was, you know, how do we appeal to more women with, uh, with an isotonic? So, uh, you know, really a hydration beverage, um, hence the electrolyte infusion. Um, but last year, uh, when Roar, when Roar went through the transaction with factory, one of the things that we did as part of the due diligence process was just a ton of research, um, behind, you know, the brand and the loyalists and even the not so loyal loyalists, you know, what was it about the product? 
product that really kind of drove their, um, you know, their purchase behavior. And what we found was that although the electrolytes were certainly important, they were nowhere near as important as some of the other things that uh, we had in the bottle. And and the, the one that really kind of rose to the top was vitamins. So vitamins B5, B6, B12. Um, they're, you know, energy vitamins, but they're also, you know, vitamins that get, de you know, depleted when, when people are feeling stressed and or tired. So, um, you know, vitamin B was something that consumers were actually like picking up the word bottles and, and reading, you know, the label and deciding that this is something that, you know, I want to be able to, um, to take in, in, you know, in liquid form. The other was vitamin C. Um, so what we actually did was fortify uh, Roar. So we always had vitamin Bs, we always had um, vitamin C, but we actually fortified to 100% daily value. Um, and, and, you know, the primary reason obviously was, you know, the research and what we heard from consumers, but then also knowing that people are, you know, trying to get nutrient, um, you know, when they're on the go, um, they're trying to get their, you know, nutritional value out of their foods and their beverages. And sometimes they just end up skipping, um, you know, skipping meals. So we wanted to really just kind of put, you know, all nutrients, all necessary nutrients in the bottle. So again, fortified um, the B5, B6, B12 to 100% um, daily value. And then vitamin C was the number two um, vitamin that really kind of came up in terms of a purchase motivator. So brought that up to 100% daily value as well. And I say, you know, one of the most unique things about Roar is that there are different ways to get at electrolytes. Um, and, you know, if you take a look at some of the traditional players, um, there's a lot of sodium in there. And, um, you know, when we when we conducted the research that we did, you know, we found out that, yes, we skew heavily female. We're about 70% um, female. And one of the things that they actually don't want is this really kind of like salt-induced electrolyte solution. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no, uh, yeah, so no beverages with like 300 milligrams of sodium or, you know, 500 milligrams of sodium. That's just not what women are looking for. Um, so we leaned into electrolytes coming from coconut water um, that way we're not really having to use like a ton of salt to deliver the hydration benefit Did you um, say and coconut water really <laughs> love yep. it <laughs> yeah or, yeah organic coconut water my ears just perked um, up okay keep going yeah yeah and 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 it actually also contributes like when you taste a roar you know and you put it like side by side let's say a gatorade or a powerade gatorade or powerade i think you really do get that like electrolyte it almost it's like a little salty we're able to achieve electrolyte and hydration benefit that comes um from from electrolytes through the coconut water so but it's not salty and that for us was really you know important um we kept hearing you know again and again that you know sodium and swelling like you know we're, we're you know some women just don't want that and I, myself included i you know i'm vain and i'll say it um <laughs> i don't want to take in a bunch of sodium it you know it, it makes me swell and and i i'd rather get my electrolytes um in other ways in ways that are you know a little healthier for you so um so we've called it you know complete hydration and we're actually just rolling out now so our new formulation is rolling out into um all of the retailers you mentioned so safeway Albertsons. We're going to be launching in Sprouts at the end of June, um, which is really exciting. Um, we're in distribution in Whole Foods in the Mid-Atlantic. Um, and really just the new formula just started to open up um, doors for us from a distribution perspective. And um, it's been a great couple of weeks so far. Yeah, I think just really impressive on, you know, the evol the involvement, right, if that's even a word, um, of, or the evolution. <laughs> evolution. <is it>? Evolution, <laughs> evolvement. 
Uh, I think involvement. <laughs> Evolvement, I just made it up. We make up words on this show all the time. So right. it, sa- it says genius, I'll but it's... I'll throw them in Spanish. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. So, like... <laughs> Like the branding, the branding's awesome. The evolution of of the brand, starting from the beginning, it started as a sports drink, and now evolved it to something that is really just anytime, anywhere, fortifying it with vitamins. Yeah. I think what's really cool yeah. about what you did and the due diligence is really digging deep, and it goes back to what you said, Alexandra, like ten or fifteen minutes ago about asking the consumer, right? Yes. What, is, what does the yes. consumer want? What are, they, what are they looking for in a drink? What kind of benefits are they looking for? And so you asked them, and then they answered saying, we want less sodium, but we want, we want vitamins. And also in a healthier format, using coconut water as a base, and also the fact that the product is organic, right, which is a huge differentiator yes. alone away from, you know, the Gatorades and the Powerades and Gatorade has tried to make a play in organic, but I think it's too little too late. They have. Yeah. Yeah, To me, too little too late. They're trying to like, I mean, they've been non-organic for like 50 years or whatever, 60 years. And suddenly when it's actually popular, now they're being organic. It's like, what's that about? (laughs) So um, anyway, you don't have to say anything, but I'll I'll say it for you. I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to comment. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm allowed. I'm allowed to uh, talk about your competitors since I'm not in the space. So, um, but anyway, but I think it's, it's accurate. You guys have been holding strong to a mission to be a better hydration product um, with the vitamins. You listen to the consumers, came out with a great product. So the new packaging, um, I'll be very interested to see. Now, tell, tell us about the kind of the, the thinking behind this new packaging. It's a lot brighter. It pops. Yes. Your packaging before was more like white with some kind of dashes of colors in there or splashes of colors. Yes. So tell us. Uh, yes. The new branding, what went into it? Why did you make it this way? Why did you pivot at this point in time? Tell us more about the the thinking behind it. Yes. So um, the new branding, I have to give full credit to our founder. So Roly Nessie has an eye for design unlike anything I've ever seen. And, um, you know, he sat with the brief. He knew that we needed to pivot uh, the brand from just one usage occasion or a limited usage usage occasion, which would have been, you know, pre, during, or post workout, to you know more of this lifestyle um, offering that you can have all day. And um, I think his inspiration um, he mentioned because I, I I remember sitting just right across um, the uh, the table from him and he looked at Pinterest boards <laughs> um, as his inspiration. But the most important thing that he wanted to um, be able to do was to get away from this. We are a sports drink and um, make it a fun drink with benefits that you could have all day. And um, I think he, I think he nailed it. You know, you, you get, you still get the complete hydration at the top. So there's efficacy messaging all over the bottle. Um, You know, we have our badges that really speak to the hundred percent daily value that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he, he created a design that you just like, want to explore. Uh, so the fun is not taking away from the efficacy. He was able to kind of, you know, to, to really get both in one bottle. Um, but, you know, we think this is going to be a standout and the benefit messaging also, you know, very 
clean and, and straightforward. We've got our bugs with, you know, our certifications. Um, but in the end, it's fun. And, you know, if you walked around with a bottle, you know, with a war bottle, um, I think people might be intrigued. So certainly uh, was able to make, make it more of an all day beverage through the design, I believe. Definitely. Yeah. A job well done to, to Roly and just yeah. uh, hats off to the entire team for making this happen. I can tell you that um, I would I would go from no one talking to me to someone talking to me if I had that beverage in my <laughs> hand in public. Uh, you know, anyway, that's partially I'm wearing it, too. And you're wearing it. Once we land. Yeah. Once we landed on the designs, it, I, it's just been so fun. Even, you know, things like building out shippers and displays and all of that. Yeah. There's so much to work with so yeah just really grateful for his eye because he definitely he he knows design for sure totally i think any great brand can be translatable and put into different mediums and it works across all those different mediums right that's where you know you have a great brand whether it's a t-shirt a hat whether it's you know on a pen whether it's a shipper whether it's a pop-up tent at these events yep. now you're not you're not going to short people at events anymore like you did with red bull are you with roar are you gonna no, use the same strategy? no 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 we're not going <laughs> to do that to create to create the scarcity yeah no, we're definitely not going to do that i feel like that that worked back in the day i think now there would be so many complaints our customer service line would blow up so i'm not sure i'd want to do that now <laughs> yeah it may not be a good thing it's only it's only good if you're like a brand new product trying to get people to like really desire it but um but I can imagine that since you're an anytime, anywhere drink, if you're at an outdoor event, people are going to want it and you want to kind of make sure that they're hydrated and <clears throat> have their vitamins yes. as well. Especially if you do like Coachella or something like that. Can you imagine if you were at Coachella? Like yes. It would, it would I be, can so imagine that we're talking about it. <laughs> Truckloads. Truck Truckloads yeah. of product going out, I, I swear. Um, for any entrepreneurs out there that if you have a hydration product, go to Coachella. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but just don't yes. don't compete with Roar. They're going to be in there. So, <laughs> all right. So we're going to go into our next segment, which is called Rapid Fire Questions. Yay! Rapid Fire Questions. All right. Here we go. You've seen prior episodes, but pretend that you don't know these questions. So here we go. Okay. In sync or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. For right sure. on. <laughs> First thing you do when you wake up? Brush my teeth. I'm lame. Sorry. <laughs> it's better than checking your phone, right? That's what a lot of people answer. And yeah, it's got to, you got to stay analog when you wake up. You can't go straight to the <laughs> to digital. Too much stimulation. Uh, movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. The color purple. Right on. That's Whoopi Goldberg. Is that her? Yeah. Okay. And then Danny yes. Glover. And yep. Oprah. And Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I, I remember like reading a story where she almost, I think she almost didn't do that movie. Like they had to really convince her to come on. And then once she was convinced to come on, she's like, why? Like, thank God I did this movie. So I heard, yeah. I read an article So I read that. the book about 10 times. 10 times. 10 times before I watched the movie. Yes. Yeah. I just, yes. Yeah. I got to watch. I haven't seen it Great. for 15, 20 years. So I got to watch it again. Hopefully it's on Netflix. So a uh, song you can listen to in an unlimited amount of times. Ooh, anything by the Cranberries. I am so dating myself, but yes. Um, zombie, uh, anything by the, the, the Cranberries. Linger. 
you know, that's their linger. Yes. It's yes. their best song. I like more of their melancholic. I like more of the melancholic types of um, music that she put out. Um, but yes, anything by her. Got Rest it. And peace. Got it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the, the lead singer, right? She passed away. Yeah. Yes, Dolores. Yeah. Dolores. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, Katy Perry, Roar, Any Temptation to Say That One <laughs> at all? It's funny because is that is that a company theme song guys, at all, or is that not? Is that uh, do you guys play it at your no. monthly meetings at all, or or no, no? I do love Katy Perry, but um, <laughs> but no, it's not our company theme song. <laughs> okay. Will it be? Who knows? You know, uh, you'll probably have to pay a royalty just to play it at your meetings. Um, I've heard Katy Perry has really good right. lawyers, so maybe yeah, I would be careful. Uh, <laughs> Favorite sport to watch? Volleyball. Right on. That's great. That's and Roar is perfect for that for that uh, demographic for sure. Zoom, Microsoft Teams, or Google Meet. Which one do you hate the least or or like the most? Hate the least Zoom. Um, yeah, I'd say Zoom. Yeah, me too. What is your spirit animal? Tiger. Right on. I got the eye of the tiger. No, I'm just I'm referencing <laughs> Roar again. All right, window seat or aisle seat on an airplane? Window. I like to put my head down. <laughs> yep, for sleeping. I've learned the hard. I yep. learned the hard way where I I go aisle because of my legs, but then I get miserable right. amounts of sleep. We just went out to Oahu for our Costco launch, and it's like a six-hour oh, plane. Sounds horrible. It's terrible. I mean. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I, I, just, I had to make such a big sacrifice to go out there. But we did a bunch of demos out there at Costco, just landing there three days in a row. Then on the way home, I had an aisle seat. I'm like, I got a lot of leg room, but I can't freaking sleep. And I was wrecked the next right. day. So I'm, I'm going to go window seat next time. Peanut butter or almond butter? Which one? Peanut butter. Omnivore, flexitarian, vegetarian, or vegan? Carnivore. <laughs> sorry it's all good hey I'm tiger sorry. i'm sorry tigers are carnivores you know so you're you're living up to your spirit animal uh cold weather or hot weather hot weather lebron james or mj lebron james right on sure. where did you where did you grow up by the way what city Miami, Florida, hence the hot weather. Um, I'm Colombian. Uh, I don't know if Tiger fits in there, but yes, Miami, Florida. My family's from Colombia. Got it. Got it. I remember you mentioned earlier. Yeah, LeBron James, also the Miami Heat, right? So there's the, right? Was he on there? No, that's, wait. Yeah, yeah he was. Oh, no, no, no. You're thinking. Dwayne Wade. I'm thinking of LeBron? Dwayne Wade. Was LeBron yes. on the Heat? He was on the Heat, right? I think. I don't remember. Yeah, he was on Cleveland. God, I don't Dwayne, know. yes, 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 yes. LeBron and Dwayne, yes. yes yeah, yes, yes. like two different eras, right? Basketball is not what I watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's your, your, we're proving I your should. case and also my case that I'm also basketball uh, deficient. So, all right, uh, ginger <laughs> or turmeric? Turmeric, for sure. Favorite food or drink if you're stuck on a deserted island? You cannot say Roar, you cannot say Genius Juice, and you cannot say Red Bull, and you cannot say Blueprint. Basically, you can't say anything. Well, then I'm going to have to say sparkling rosé. There you go. <laughs> yes. Love it. All right. So that is rapid fire questions with Alexandra Galindez, CEO of Roar Beverages. Mark, we have the applause. Yes. No, I guess. Not. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> 
that that was a delayed applause. Our, our audience, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, maybe they were they on the They haven't had their roar. They, they haven't, haven't had, had their, their roar. roar. Yeah, they got to get that energy boost. All right, so uh, episode 68, 15 Minutes of Genius. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for joining us. Take good care. Thank you. And, and uh, best of luck with the, uh, with the new packaging launch. I think it's going to be freaking epic. So congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad we made it happen. All right. So that is episode 68, 15 Minutes of Genius. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark N. at ManhattanBeachStudios.net for all your editing desires. And one last thing, I got the eye of the genius. Stay genius, my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.